we finally made it to winter time. This is about the time of the year where I mentioned how everybody's kind of breathing a sigh of relief. Except for those poor dairy guys. I mean, at least they aren't dealing with crops. But they still have animals to milk and animals to feed year-round. But, uh, you know, the crop guys, the berry guys, you name it. They're having a chance here to look back at how did the season go? What are we going to do next year? Kind of some weird moments in the past season for crops and for weather and for farming here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and Whatcom County in particular. Uh, this is The Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. Glad you're here uh, with me on your Saturday morning. Uh, you know what? This fall in particular kind of left things hanging in some ways. You know, potato digging got weird because of that. Um, everybody was enjoying the warm temperatures until it just went right from summer to, to winter, basically, didn't it? Joining me right now with CHS Northwest, uh, an agronomist there and a longtime buddy of mine, classmate of mine, played high school uh, football with him. Uh, Joe Vanderpoel, welcome to the program, Joe. Um, it was kind of a, a weird end to the season. Right. I don't know I how you work with probably potato guys, probably some dairy guys with corn and grass and crops and, and, and then berry folks as well, which I know is quite a bit of your background in the farming world. But let's start with the potatoes and then kind of work backward. They actually had to put water on to get their spuds out of the ground. Usually they're dealing with too much mud and too much water. It was the opposite this year. What, what did you hear from guys out there? Yeah, Dylan, thanks for having me. Um, it was. It was really dry, and we could have – we really needed some rain to get ground softened up and to knock some dust down, and everybody that tried to do a fall harvest really struggled with that on one hand. But on the other hand, we really needed the, the warm weather to get things to finish. It's just we kind of ran out of days for spuds, so – they yeah. got killed off and it didn't really affect them well, as that, far and, as and, uh, Yeah, and that goes back, I mean, the days to finish them off that you mentioned, that goes back to how things got started in the spring, which was bizarre too, right? You know, the whole summer and in, into the fall, I was saying, it was almost like everything was delayed by almost a month, right? Yeah, and that extended digging period, I mean, it was obviously better than trying to mud them out, but they weren't able to, you know, they still had to kill them in order to get them out and... Uh, we just got such a late start on them. It was, it really made for a tough potato year. Now with potatoes, you know, I'm a little more familiar with corn because I planted corn for, um, well, it wasn't CHS Northwest then, but Whatcom Family or Whatcom Farmers uh, Co-op back in the day. Um, days to maturity, you know, I was used to more of that, you know, the different numbers and seed types, hybrids, yada, yada. But for potatoes, what kind of days from planting to maturity are, are they talking about with those? What are the ranges there? Because they weren't really you know, able it, to get everything it, planted really until just, like May. End of May. Yeah, it's really dependent upon variety. And yeah. um, some varieties plant better in different soils. So you, you can't necessarily... Uh, to plant, you can't necessarily plant around it. You just have to go when the dirt's ready to go for where you're at. And uh, unfortunately, some of them just didn't have enough day length and we didn't get the yield because of it. And watching things in the spring, it was like the, the last field, it was so wet and it rained so late in into the season. And then you 
can't, the, the last fields that you can get to to plant are the wettest ones. And so, you know, I was nervous. A lot of people were nervous. Well, those are going to be the hardest. Those need the most time. They're going to mature the latest into the fall, and they're going to be the ones that get too wet to harvest most quickly. Well, that didn't end up being really a problem at all. Did anybody? Have, I mean, I'm assuming everybody had basically all of their spuds out of the ground before the rain hit. Yeah, the, the getting them out of the ground wasn't a problem. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. It was a problem because yeah. it was too dry to dig. But it, it wasn't because it got too wet. But another th- factor there was when it did finally dry up enough, it was just there was no moisture. You know, yeah. we didn't get any rain after that. And yeah, it was unfortunately just a tough year. And watering ahead of digging to actually be able to have soil moisture there, you know, I'm not too much of a potato expert. And by the way, I should mention for for people who don't know a ton about uh, Whatcom County agriculture, all the potatoes grown commercially here are for seed. This is a seed potato protected uh, growing region for certified seed potatoes, very similar to commercial potatoes for people to eat. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, but still it's for seed, not for eating. It, the The issue there, from what I understand, and again, I'm not a huge expert, but you just got to soften the clods of dirt because when dirt dries out, you get all these clods. The diggers dig them up just like potatoes then, and you've got to sort through potatoes and, and clods of dirt, and somebody has to choose which is which. Yeah, and trying to get dirt to flow through the machines. and Yeah. Yep. All right, again, Joe Vanderpaul, agronomist with uh, CHS Northwest, is with us on the Farming Show right now, uh, taking a look back at uh, 2022 and kind of the weird year that it was. Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, we talked about potatoes and getting them out of the ground at the end of the, the season. Back to the beginning, it was so wet. It was really a big question mark for a while, like what? how are these berry crops going to do um, particularly, of course, red raspberries and blueberries, which are our big berry crops here locally. How did things actually end up turning out for those guys? You know, there was quite a bit of root rot that came into some raspberry fields, which was expected. Um, I think the raspberry crop would have been better, but we had some heat damage again this year, and it wasn't it wasn't to the extent of last year. Yeah, um, but I think. Uh, a lot of guys were hoping for quite a bit more tonnage than we got, but the market was still pretty strong, which did help a little bit in the raspberries. Yeah, so they, I mean, we did have some hot, we didn't have a heat dome like we had in 2021, which, I mean, for people who had a lot of fruit still on the bush at that point, um, which was a lot of the crop, uh, a lot of that shriveled away. It was really hard on the blueberries too, and we can get into how the blueberries did this year as well. But you're saying that even some of the heat that we had this year, um, what shriveled some berries up or, or what did yeah, it really you know do that he came kind of right about the wrong time for raspberries because they were in the uh depending a little bit on variety again but a lot of varieties were in the peak of production and the plants just can't keep up with that type of fruit load and that type of heat so a lot of a lot of fruit got smaller we had some fruit drying out and uh on struggling some of the struggling fields with struggling root issues to begin with it was especially right. apparent but yeah, and, and like I said, the yield wasn't as bad as the year before, but I think everybody was just hoping this was going to be that year we could really hit it, and it didn't quite end up that way. Yeah. Anybody throw numbers around, like percentages, roughly what they think maybe they were down from what they could have been? You know, that that's a number that's all over the board because people <laughs> yeah. get different yields. Uh, 
So. And and what do you have to compare against? I mean, there's no no control to say what you would have gotten. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. With all that rain, wet dirt, raspberries don't like that. That's why they grow well in well-drained soil. They grow poorly uh, in heavier soils. Everything was heavy soil with all the rain we had coming down. Like you said, root rot was a problem. Well, if you have disease in your roots, that the root system of the plant is weak, then yeah, when things do turn around, you have all this fruit then sizing up on the bush. It needs to be pulling up a lot of water uh, to support all this. It, if you don't have the root system there, the whole plant just kind of pukes out and, and more heat actually makes that happen faster. So I, I didn't put those two together, but yeah, rain and then heat. It's not like it cancels it out. It can actually make it worse. How about the, the blueberries? There had been some talk that there would be, be some holdover damage actually from the heat damage the year before with the heat dome. Yeah, and it didn't seem to be that bad. Um, one thing about these permanent crops, it makes it really difficult for guys to get through and get work done when we have all this wet ground and they end up trying to, this was kind of finishing the raspberries, but also yeah. for blueberries. You end up pushing your tractors through and then you start making holes in your fields. It was just a real struggle this wet spring for us for for uh, all the crops that we grow up here yeah and that was you probably you can't pump around those holes you know the wet spots in your field you're, you're forced to go through them yep yeah when you have a row crop like that with permanent trellis in place it's not like you have a choice uh to go around it um and unfortunately yeah. i did see a lot of that you know chained up tractors just to get rigs through um, and yeah, I'm sure a lot for of these you guys had to work really hard. I, I'm sure for you guys too, that messed things up, you know, even timing as far as, you know, getting various applications of things on, there tends to be a bit of a pattern. I remember from, from working at that, you know, at the co-op myself, it was kind of like, okay, this is the busy time. This is the first application of fertilizer. Or this is the first, th everything was pushed back and kind of squeezed into weird places. It was probably kind of chaotic for you guys, I would imagine on the back end. Yeah, I think everybody in agriculture, they just had to, uh, you know, it's kind of a hurry up and wait year. You know, you, there's only so much you can do. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a real good one to have behind us. Yeah, we survived it, I guess, at least. Again, Joe Vanderpaul is with us here on The Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop here with you on your Saturday morning on KGMI. Um, what about the what about the dairy folks, the, the corn and, and grass, you know, if, if I was saying this spring, this is a grass-growing spring. So people had some outstanding grass crops. If there was anything that liked that soggy weather, it was the grass. Yeah, and it was, if you guys could get in on some early new seedings, they did awesome. Uh, some of our later new seedings really struggled because it's, it's really tough to keep enough moisture in a new grass field uh, in late June, early July. But yeah. for rotation, sometimes we just had to go for it and... Uh, those ones struggled, but the early ones did really good. And there were some really big, heavy cuttings on the first couple cuttings. And then uh, when the rain stopped, some of the grass petered out. But, yeah, it was uh, interesting to get through. Yeah, and, and as far as corn goes, too, I mean, the, I was watching that play out. And, again, with my background doing that, I'm feeling so bad for these guys trying to figure out when they could plant. Their fields are underwater. They were just out there trying to work them to get them dry enough to quick plant before the next rainstorm would come if they could sneak it in. Of course, then you worry about, well, you, you get a bunch of seed in the ground and you get a whole bunch more rain. You could just flood out what you just seeded and have to do it all over again. Um, and it, everything started so late. It was like, 
man, are we even going to get a corn crop at all? You know, knee high by the 4th of July. Forget about it. It was like knee high by the 4th of August. It looked like it was going to be terrible. Um, how did it turn out? I mean, corn is all about the, the days to maturity and those heat units that it needs. But they kind of got lucky at the end of the season, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, obviously we could have a little moisture in September would have been nice to help yeah. finish. But uh, we were really fortunate that we could get as much heat as we could in the fall because otherwise we were looking at some really, really light crops and um, ended up being okay. Some guys did better than others, but uh, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, if yeah. we would have had a September like uh, the year before where it started raining and didn't stop, yeah. I, we would have been in a real struggle. So that, that, that dry fall did really help finish some corn and, uh, it really made it, you know, you talk to people and they said, well, this, I think this might be the first year we ever, uh, got through corn season without rain coming on our bunker. And it was, uh, people weren't getting stuck, but it was a challenge for them to harvest and all that dust. I don't know if you watched any, anybody chopping, oh, but yeah. they're, uh, it was a dust bowl out there, and yeah, but they got through it. Yeah, what do you do? I mean, it's frustrating. You see all that dust blowing around. Nobody wants that, but there's a crop no. there that's got to come off. I mean, what else can you do? Yeah, and I think most people made the best of it and got through it, and, uh, you know, there's never going to be that perfect year, but this one was definitely a challenge from start to finish. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so looking forward with the way things ended kind of weird in the fall, what are you telling guys? What are people kind of scheming out there for next year? You know, because the fall time is setting things up for the next year, especially with cover crops and soil health. Um, you know, it's too late now, but earlier manure application, things like that. That was really tough with all the dry. A lot of fields didn't really get a cover crop established, and some fields are kind of looking rough now going into the winter with, with you know, soil structure and soil health. Yeah, unfortunately, there just wasn't a fall to get a lot of cover crops established. You know, people, people tried, but a lot of it just by the time we had enough moisture to get a cover crop, they would go in, and then the, the it got so cold so quick. So, yeah. Um, I think, though, moving forward, a lot of guys probably trying to keep in perspective that this was an anomaly and we don't have to worry about this every year. Um, yeah, let's hope As not. far as the, the soil structure goes, there's there's not a lot we can change at this point. Um, and most of our ground around here is pretty healthy with how people take care of it. So we should be okay coming into next spring. Yeah, as long as... There'll be not- a little bit of an issue with some water standing in spots that yep. we normally wouldn't have. But... Uh, yeah, it should. Hopefully, we get a nice spring and and we can get things going again. Yeah, I, I've seen quite a bit of that, including uh, in the fields that were once my dad's berry fields, and you know they did spuds in there this year, and and there was not the moisture to get any sort of cover crop established before the days got too short and the rain and the cold showed up. Now that field doesn't want to drain at all um, with all that powder that that got left on the top but but what do you do short of you know try to get a lot of you know uh, i guess uh carbon content uh humus uh get some get some uh, soil structure going again with some manure in the in the spring but until then you're kind of stuck right yeah and you know in the spring that they will eventually drain down and people will get through and bring that soil back to life get it aerated again and uh It'll be ready. Yeah. Uh, what What uh, are you guys looking forward to? Anything new on the horizon as the, uh, you know, the 23 season will be here quicker than we know it? 
Yeah. Um, boy, I, I guess I, I can't think of anything real new on the horizon that we got to look forward to. Uh, I guess hopefully we're going to just look forward to a little bit more of a break into it spring easy. Yeah. <laughs> a little easier. You know what I mean? That's, I guess, what what we're really hoping for is that we get a little better break in the weather early. Yeah, and the climate people are saying um, late this winter things are going to be shifting over to an El Nino, which... As we've been seeing, this El Nino, La Nina stuff only tells you so much about what the weather is actually going to do. Um, but typically, they say El Nino is warmer and drier here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, that could potentially be a good thing as long as we have the snowpack and the and the aquifer recharge and all the water that we need going into the season uh, to get us through. So. Um, yeah, uh, what else, what else do you do other than buckle up and say, let's, let's try this again. How, how are growers feeling out there? They, they feel like they're really struggling right now, you know, between, and we've been talking about the crops and the weather and all that, but they've got market forces. They've got a lot of things. You, you work one-on-one with a lot of these folks around the County. What's, what's the general mood? I, I know it's been, been rough out there. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, markets for what it's worth are, are fairly strong. Blueberry market's a little bit soft, obviously, but uh, yeah. it's it's it was a tough year between uh, fuel prices and prices of fertilizer and labor prices. It's all gone up so much, so yeah, um, the markets have to come up in order to keep moving forward. And um, yeah, hopefully we can get some good crops back up next <laughs> year. And I've heard hopefully from- some hopefully some of the fuel and fertilizer costs can come down a little bit and uh yeah i think we're unfortunately stuck with the labor costs yeah what is the scoop on fertilizer prices i know they were just skyrocketing with everything that was going on with you know oil and ukraine and all this stuff i mean we were obviously seeing it at the pump but it was affecting fertilizer too is is you said you're hoping those come is there any indication those are coming down you know we're, we're hoping that's that's starting to soften a little bit so well, we'll take anything we can get at this point. I know. I think there was two ninety nine uh, at the gas pump the other day, and I thought, okay, well, maybe there is a little light at the end of the tunnel because I was sick of paying five bucks a gallon earlier this year. That was painful, and and that's very much tied to things like commercial fertilizer as well. Uh, again, just at the mercy of the markets. I know some dairy folks that I talked to say, okay, yeah, markets are up. And you, you just said this too, Joe, you know, markets may be up, but they were saying, well, my costs are even that much higher. So I'm actually making less money, uh, even with, you know, some of the highest milk prices they had seen in a long time. I don't know if that applies. You know, I know br- blueberry prices, you said, are a bit soft, but they've been okay. Raspberry prices are still up, but input costs are still up. That's the other side of the equation that most people don't think about. Um, you can have high prices and it can still be a, a rough year uh, with everything else going on with the inflation that we're seeing. So hopefully everybody makes it again. Thank you, Joe uh, Vanderpaul, agronomist with CHS Northwest for checking in with us this morning and uh, doing what you do out there. We, we appreciate your time this morning. All right. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Appreciate it.